Hey folks, welcome to the ATC Podcast, hosted by Rick Kessler and Joe Mel. Join us every week as we talk about camping and enjoying the great outdoors. The ATC Podcast is a part of the At The Campsite Network of podcasts and videos. This episode is proudly sponsored by Alliance RV and a production of AtTheCampsite.com. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of At The Campsite, sponsored by Alliance RV. Uh, the Campsite is a weekly show that's all about camping and RVing and just basically getting outside and enjoying the great outdoors. I'm Rick Kessler. With me, as always, is Joe Mel. And joining the two of us today is Ashley Bontrager. Ashley is the one of uh, four founders and the current president CEO of Ember RV, located in Bristol, Indiana. Uh, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Ember RV, it's is can we officially say it's no longer a startup? Um, sometimes I like to still, you know, hang my hat <laughs> on the fact that I'm a startup, but I do think we've passed that phase. So Ember RV started, uh, I guess, three years ago now, right? Tw uh, yeah, the winter of 2021. So okay, almost. Why don't you take us back to? Uh, you and Chris and Steve and Ernie, when you guys founded Ember RV, because um, you you created a company with a pretty rock solid set of pillars. Yeah. So myself and then Chris Barr, Steve Delagrange and Ernie Miller, we all have many years of history in the RV industry. And in like I said, in the winter of 2021, we all kind of had an opportunity and also saw a way that we could build our own company and do things maybe a little bit differently or our own way um, and find our own little piece of the market. So that's what we did when we started Ember. And initially, um, our, well, I shouldn't say initially, our mission statement is to build a better RV. We first want to start by building a better RV company because we believe that when you have team members working at your company that are feeling fulfilled, feeling valued, enjoy their job, are happy with their day to day, you're just immediately going to reap the benefits on the product. So um, you're going to have some better quality products, higher quality products, people who actually care about the job that they're doing. So that was our first goal was to create an inviting atmosphere where people actually wanted to come to work, where they enjoyed not only the job that they're doing, but the people they're working with. So that was goal number one. Goal number two was to kind of create our own little space in the market. And at the time we saw an area that was an emerging area of our industry, but was not really being um, touched a lot by the other OEMs. So we got into the Overland space with our first product offering. And so we wanted to come in and make a big splash and say, hey, Ember is here and we're going to do things a little differently. Yeah, you guys did make a big splash with Ember for sure. Um, so leading into that question, you know, what were some of the thoughts behind the name Ember and what were some things that you did specifically that you feel were successful in that splash to reaching your customers? So maybe a secret that not everybody knows, but initially we were going to go by the name Element RV. Oh. And in our minds, there were four of us and all four of us kind of um, represent each of fire? the elements. I'm I'm told I'm fire. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm fire. Uh, 
Steve is earth and Ernie is water and Chris is air. Um, so we all kind of put, <laughs> I didn't say hot or cold. I just said air. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, we all kind of fit the four elements. So we loved that idea, but then we found out the trademark was taken for that in our space. So couldn't do that. So we had to pivot and we kind of toyed around with a couple different ideas, but we kept going back to this idea of fire. And what is it that you love when you go camping the most? Like for me, I like to camp, but one of my favorite things about camping is sitting around a campfire at night, right? And um, just watching it go down to just the embers, right? Yeah. But the next morning you wake up, as long as there is one ember left, the fire can't be fully extinguished, right? You can always start again. So it was just this idea of um, camping, campfires. Yes, I am told I am full of fire. <laughs> um, Not bad. But yeah, so then our logo too kind of emulates um, a campfire. There's a kind of a peak. And if you look at it closely, there are three lines in that triangle shape. Show your coffee cup. Show the coffee the cup? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So my yeah. light's getting it just right. But so the three lines are Ernie, Steve, and Chris. And then you have oh. the little ember here, which is me. So oh. it's also, and then if you cut it in half, you have an E in that shape. So um, lots of symbolism and, and story behind thing. It's like I, you know, grew up in marketing. So <laughs> that's creative. I like it. Ashley, please tell the story of how you came up with the uh, rock and roll. How you came up with those ah, names? Yeah, so this was probably a couple months into getting going, and we were starting to, you know, flush out our product line and our floor plans, what we were going to offer. And I was talking to my six-year-old at the time, putting him to bed that night, and kind of out of the blue, I wasn't really talking to him about Ember, but just chatting, and he said, "Mom, you need to build a unit called the Rock." <laughs> I was like, okay, like in my mind, I'm like, how do I do this? Like, I feel like I need to. And so the next day we all get together and we're talking again. I was like, by the way, we have to find a way to build something called the rock. And Chris immediately was like, oh, that's easy. Rear outside kitchen. So it's oh. R-O-K. And then we decided, well, if we're going to build rock, we have to build roll, right? Rock and roll. So <laughs> you have your rear outside locker as well. And those two, those two are your two models in your Overland Micro series, which is the single axle uh, tiny trailer. Exactly. Um, but those really hit the market um, with a with a pretty big splash, I'd say. It caught a, caught quite a few people's attention. Um, some of the things that you did with that, with the build, and I'm talking mostly that independent suspension, but some of the other things that you've done with that, if you could just. Tell us everybody about the rock and the roll and how that also progressed into the other two lines that you have. Yeah. So yeah, when you're talking Overland, right, you need something that's rugged and able to go off road. So we knew we needed to start with a stronger foundation. So uh, we partnered with Kurt and came up with our version of the independent suspension, which to your point, Rick, does go underneath the rock and the roll, as well as our other Overland series, our larger Overland series models. So that really gave us the ability with our units to go off road. We paired that with a stronger uh, six inch tube steel for 
frame chassis. So you have that foundation to take on those rougher terrains. And then we continued the um, off-road and off-grid theme with a lot of off-grid capabilities as well. Standard solar packages with option to upgrade to what we call our max solar package that will give you the power um, to stay off-grid a little longer. And then also some larger tank size capacities so that you have the water and the, the gray and black um, space that you need when you're not going to be at a full hookup. The, uh, if that list of, of uh, features sounds impressive, it, it, it is impressive. Um, but Ashley, I don't know if you know this, there's cheaper ways to build RVs. Well, sure there are. So, I mean, and you're exactly right. We're never going to be one of the cheaper ones on the market. And quite frankly, we won't apologize for that because we find um, products that will deliver value and that does not come at a cheap price point. So we want to give a customer something that is of value and that has lasting power and can take them on many adventures for the years to come. So that leads us. Go ahead, Joe. No. So <clears throat> continuing talking about your guys' product, you guys have one of the most, in my opinion, uh, that you guys have one of the most unique looking products on the market. Um, you've in, you incorporated, you know, your name into the unit really elegantly and you use some colors that we typically don't find in the RV space. You know, go into what went behind that decision. So I think it goes back to the original, we kind of wanted to make a splash and we wanted to stand out. When you're talking about the RV industry, you know, at the core of what we do, it is a box with a home on wheels. And so how can we as a new manufacturer um, not only offer different feature sets, but look different as well. So we went with a very clean and streamlined approach to our graphics. Uh, we wanted them to be minimal and not overpowering. But to your point too, we threw in pops of yellow, which is our color, our, our main logo color. So it was a little bit daring, but honestly, yeah. people have really loved on it. So it's been exciting. Yeah. Are you going to ever get away from that color palette or is that kind of core to everything for the future? <laughs> so that's pretty core to, okay. you know, what we're doing here. The amount of yellow things that I've acquired in the last three <laughs> years has been a little bit crazy myself. We've, you know, water uh, cups, watch bands, whatever, phone covers. But um, <laughs> so like I mentioned earlier, I do come from a marketing background. That's what I went to school for. That's what I did for many years. So um, brand marketing is huge for me. So yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say we'll never get away from it. But I do <laughs> find a lot of value in putting just Ember front and center um, on everything we build. Because at the end of the day, I want to have Ember customers. And I don't necessarily yep. care if, Rick, you like my touring edition and Joe, you want my Overland. It's uh, you're part of the Ember family and you're an Ember customer. So that will yeah. probably always stay front and center. I've learned in my life to never say never, but if I have my <laughs> way, it'll always be there. And yeah. you'll always, I think, find some pops of yellow because I think so, of some of our major brands, Target, Starbucks, those are pretty iconic by either just their yeah. color or just like the shape of their logo. You don't necessarily need the word. So that's yeah. a goal. I have a selfish question to ask. Sure. How frequently does the song black and yellow get played? Well, so <laughs> that's a really good question. Not daily, but fairly close. <laughs> we have a text group with our sales team. So that was the first song I sent out. Um, one of the first weekends of show season this year. I was like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> 
Ashley, you touched on it, but uh, besides the Overland Micro, you have the Overland uh, series and you also have the Touring Edition. Um, just take us a, a nice little quick overview of those two lines. Sure. So the Overland series is very similar to the rock and roll in the sense that it's off-road, off-grid. It just gets larger. So our rock and roll is very micro. We're talking 12, 13 feet total, um, just basically a sofa, futon-style bed on the inside, you know, no bathrooms. When you get into our Overland series, you now have a kitchen and a bathroom. Um, we go from anywhere from 17 feet box size up to 22 feet on the box size in that series. But again, you're still getting all those off-road and off-grid capabilities that I mentioned earlier. And then last fall, we introduced our touring edition, which still um, has a lot of value add features, but it's not going to be your rugged off-road, off-grid. We call that more of our on-road RV. So if Overland is our hiking boots, touring edition is going to be our running shoes. So each has a purpose and each has a buyer. It just depends on what the customer wants. Very good. Like hey, that. With that, uh, let's take a quick break here for a message from our sponsor, Alliance RV. Before we even built our first RV, we took six months just to listen to the consumer. And those key features that we launched in our first brand paradigm have kind of carried forward through to the Valor product and also to the new Avenue product. The mission statement of do the right thing is our guiding principle. That's why Cole and I chose the name Alliance. We want to be in alliance with our customer base, with our supplier base, with our community, and really most importantly with our team members. Standing behind a great RV with excellent customer service. When we deliver a product to our dealers and to our end consumers, we deem them as allies forever. Welcome back, everybody. We're joined again by Ashley Bontrager from Ember RV. And if Bontrager name sounds familiar, it should. Uh, Ashley's grandparents founded Jayco back in, I believe, 68? Yep, that's correct. Uh, I'm sure you've got all kinds of stories, some of which you might be able to share publicly. But what was sure. it like growing up in an RV family? So I think it's one of those things that... I didn't really know that like it was a thing until you're older and you look back at your life and all the experiences and everything you, you had. Um, but yeah, to your point, my grandparents founded Jayco in their barn and two chicken coops in Middlebury, Indiana, back in 1968. Um, my grandfather was a very, um, smart inventor type of person. And he had an idea similar to me of a way of doing things differently. And he had um, an idea for a crank pop-up camper. And he had been at another OEM for a while. They had invented the first crank system, but then he had a way to improve on it. They were uninterested. So he said, well, I'm just going to go do my own thing and do it how I think it's better. Um, so that's how the story started. But to your point, I grew up around the industry my whole life. Um, my family was always really good at bringing in what they called the third generation. So grandparents first, my parents second, and then cousins third. But they would bring the third generation in even six, seven, eight, nine years old. 
and they would do what they'd call family board meetings. And so they bring it down to us kids level and they would talk a little bit about what the company's doing. They might bring in some, I'll call them guest speakers, maybe um, from the accounting firm or the legal firm or something like that. And they just always made us feel a part of it. Um, but I remember many trips as well, going with my dad to visit dealers or going to Jayco's annual dealer meeting or the um, Jayco is very well known amongst the dealer group for doing dealer incentive trips. So I got to go on a lot of those as well. So this industry is hugely based on relationships. And that was really, really apparent and modeled to me throughout my entire life. Um, but also the importance of treating people well as you're running a company and always trying to do the next right thing. Um, and I had wonderful role models. My grandfather, unfortunately, passed before I was born, um, but I watched that be modeled for me through my grandmother, as well as my dad and my uncle, who were very actively involved in the business. I can imagine, uh, I have to, having talked with your, your dad and your uncle in the past, um, what those family board meetings must have been like. They're extremely intelligent men who really look like they, they wanted you and your cousins to have a seat at the table, to use a cliche. Yeah, they really did. They um, very early on, I think they were already thinking succession plans, even though they weren't near it. Um, I'm guessing my grandfather's unexpected passing kind of made the family and the company think that way because all of a sudden that seat was gone and they had to try to fill it. So they were always thinking about what does the next generation look like for not only our family, but for the company. And um, yeah, you learn a lot. Um, from people like them. So my, a question that I got for you is I like to lead the customers to a point where they can find you and follow you and start learning about you. Um, where do you recommend your customers go, whether that be social or web or where do you want them to go most, Ashley? Yeah. So if you want to know about Ember from my perspective or the company's perspective, obviously our website is emberrv.com. But honestly, I also tell anybody who's interested in our company or learning more about our products to go to Facebook. We have a couple different owners groups. Um, one, we keep private. So once you are an owner, now we have a place where you can come and talk with other owners. But we've also started another group that is open to anybody. So we have current owners as well as people who are interested in Ember that show up on that group. And there's just a lot of great dialogue that happens. Um, quite frankly, we do monitor it. We answer questions and that sort of things, but we let the good, the bad, and the ugly all live there because we don't want to just, you know, have smoke and mirrors all the time. Like yeah. we want you guys, we want our customers to know who Ember is and being transparent. And that is important. How important is that? Um, touching the customers, the customer experience, um, getting that feedback, getting their input, um, you guys, I know you, I know the answer, but you make it a priority and that's pretty refreshing. We really do. Um, we love hearing from our customers or, you know, future customers. Um, we learn a lot from them, from the people that are using our products regularly. Um, we initially came out, our very first floor plan that we ever came out with was a bunkhouse model. And um, there was a video that was done by a popular YouTuber and um, 
on oh, it. His is are his are his initials Josh Winters. Yes, those are his initials. initials yes, is he a nerd? <laughs> <laughs> he is a nerd. Yeah, but we love him. Um, so he's been a friend of ours for many years, but he did a video and it honestly got so much traction. It had a ton of views, ton of comments. And so we, not only Chris and I, but we also had our engineers read through every single one of those comments. And what we kept seeing over and over was we love this floor plan, but I don't have kids anymore. I want, I don't want the bunks. I want that to be shelving. I want it to be storage. I want it to be a desk space. I want it to be open so I can load my dog crates in or all these like brilliant ideas were coming out of just reading through comments. And so probably about eight months later, we introduced what we call our MSL versions, which is a Murphy sofa. And then in the back, you don't have bunks, but we call it a locker where we put an E-Track system in that we call Ember Track, and we give you the bunk bed bases. Um, they're a double over double bunk that we split in half. So you can either have a double over double bunk. You could take one of the sides of the bunk out. Now you can put it as a shelf or you could put it at desk height. It has a door that opens up with a pull down screen. So if you are a work on the road type of person, you have a beautiful screened in porch to work from. Mm -hmm. Um, so you get a lot of great ideas when you listen to the customers that are using it. And sometimes it's just a, a tweak on a quality issue and other times it creates a whole new floor plan. Um, but we're very open to hearing ideas and everything. It's really driven our product development and quality. One of the things that uh, I'm often asked is, is uh, what brand should I get or what brand shouldn't I get? And my response is always, if you're, you know, do your research, find a floor plan you like, find a company that you like. But probably the most important thing is go visit the factory, get a tour, yeah. see who's making it, see how they're being made, see what components are going in and how they're going in. Um, having been to your factory before, having met your people, um, your, your quality is just shines through. Um, I guess I'm not, I'm supposed to be biased, but I'll tell you that. That's fine. <laughs> well, I have, I have high expectations um, and I like nice things and I don't mind personally paying a little bit more money for something that I know has value and is going to last. So yeah. that is something I definitely um, talk to our team about a lot. Um, my other co-founders, they are similar to me. They like, you know, high quality things. And if that means, um, paying a little more money because corners weren't cut, so be it. Um, and then the other, I think, unique thing that we did is we hired a director of quality who had zero RV experience, which might sound a little bit crazy, but we thought <laughs> he has a higher standard of what, I mean, he had worked in companies that dealt with the EPA and the FDA before. So extremely high standards, right? And so we brought him in. He's college educated in quality engineering. And we and said, we can teach him the RV side, but he's going to bring in these quality standards that maybe the industry hasn't thought of before. And that's been a huge asset to us as well. It's creative. I like that. But we also have a team of people who want, who came to work for us because they wanted something different. Not only do they want, um, like I said earlier, to work for a company that they enjoyed and working with the people they enjoyed, but they also want to have, they want to feel valued in the job that they're doing. And so when they feel valued in the job that they're doing, they want to do it really well. So they take a little extra time and maybe um, 
wiring up a light or, you know, whatever the case may be, like positioning the sofa just right or building the cabinetry, they're going to take that extra time because they take pride in what they're doing. And I, you know, at the end of the day, that matters just as much as any quality system we can put in place. Yeah. So I have one last question. I know we probably want to start wrapping this up, but I always like to throw a little curveball. Is there anything that you're doing that's going to be like come September? You don't have to give the exact. Well, I always think everything we do are, you know. Well, yeah, but, but like, what will is something going to really just draw a lot of attention that customers should be looking out for come September? So I think what you'll see from us this year, because the first two years were. Um, what I felt to be crazy product development, introducing, introducing, introducing all this new yeah. stuff. Um, I will tell you that I think come fall when we have our dealer meeting, um, you'll see improvements and tweaks on some of the things that we've already introduced. Um, okay. Maybe you'll see them fashioned in different ways or in different floor plans. But I will say for all of our customers or prospective customers listening out there, we have been listening to you. We hear you and something is coming. <laughs> all right. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Ashley has not forgotten all of her marketing training. <laughs> no, I can't reveal it all. Nope. <laughs> Ashley, thank you so much. This is always a good time. Always a good conversation with you. P- appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Thanks, really, really fun. Thanks. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.